You are listening to the Women in Youth Ministry podcast. My name is Heather Lee Kennison, and I am the host of this podcast as well as the founder of Women in Youth Ministry. We are a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network, and a link to that network can be found in our description box. You can check out our website, womeninyouthministry.com, to read our blog, follow our social media, and join our Facebook community. Thank you so much for tuning in to celebrate the voices of women. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Women in Youth Ministry podcast. This week, our guest is Anne Wilson. Anne is the lead youth pastor at Traders Point Christian Church right here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Anne, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're up to and maybe something unique about you, like a hidden talent or a hobby or an interest. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Hi, I'm Anne. So good to chat with you and hang out here today. Um, I yeah, live in Indianapolis. I was born and raised in Indy, went to Ohio for college, lived in North Carolina, my first ministry, and then back to Indy. Um, I am married to a awesome dude. I was about to say like history teacher. And then I was like, that sounds like I'm just married to a history teacher. He's more than that. But um, yeah, married to Kyle. I hate that I called him dude. And we have two kids, Eliza and Keegan. And yeah, we are really, I would just say like deeply rooted in Indy. We've been here for about 10 years as a fam and love of this city and just fallen back in love with my hometown. Something unique, I guess I would say right now is that I fell hook, line and sinker for Disney's plan to get new Marvel fans with WandaVision. So we started watching WandaVision. And then obviously, if you guys have seen it, I was like, this is cool, but I have no idea what's happening. So then we (laughs) watched all the necessary Marvel things. And now I'm just all the way in all the way. So that's been a new hidden fun thing lately as Kyle and I have been going through all the Marvel and I love it. That's awesome. I have not watched WandaVision yet, but in preparation for Endgame, uh, Mm -hmm. yes, my husband and I watched every single Marvel movie, every single one. And to be honest, yeah, to be honest, I watched that first half the Infinity War. I watched that uh-huh. without ha- having watched like any Marvel movies before. I was b- deeply confused. Yes, that would have <laughs> been a really big mind bend. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, too. Like, that's why I was with WandaVision. I was like, this is really fun, but I have not one clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then all of our like Marvel fanatic friends were like, stop, like go back. <laughs> so yeah, it's been I- fun. I now have an official ranking of every single Marvel movie. Like that's how we watched every single movie in the span of maybe three months in preparation for Endgame. So yeah, so I have a. What is your favorite? Who's your okay. favorite? Well, let me. I got this on my Apple Notes. I literally just pulled this out the other day because my sister <laughs> has one, and mm-hmm. she and I deeply disagree. Deeply disagree. So I believe the top of mine is actually Iron Man. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But my least favorite one is Captain America Civil War. Okay. 
Okay. I will say that I think Iron Man is a much more complex story Mm -hmm. and more interesting. I know Cap fans hate that, but Mm -hmm. I can totally see him being more of a favorite than than Captain America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah, I don't know. But here's the thing. Thor movies rank really low on my list. And the reason why is because I fell asleep during Ragnarok. And yeah, I they're just very don't bizarre. Really, I don't really yeah. know what happened. <laughs> we watched the first Thor last night with our son and it was so weird. I was like, this is the stupidest story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone agrees with me because yeah. my husband PJ said I'm a monster for ranking no, it so low. <laughs> they're really bad. It was bad. Like just... <sighs> very bad but I mean whatever it's fun I'm just glad I finally found someone who agrees with me so it's yeah really great love it awesome. awesome and so why don't you share with us your call story how did you get involved in ministry and what are you doing right now yeah so I've got a bit of a windy road in ministry which I actually think is pretty common for a lot of women in ministry especially um, for all kinds of reasons but I did not grow up in a like Christian church home and started going to church when I was in middle school through a family friend, um, had maybe been a couple times right before that, like on Easter and Christmas and stuff, but never really knew that church was a thing that people actually went to more than twice a year <laughs> until late middle school. Um, and yeah, I just... It sounds cheesy to say, but I fell in love with Jesus and the middle schooler um, and then never looked back, Um, got really involved in my church and got baptized and the whole nine yards to join their like student leadership team, you know, all the things. Um, I went to a summer conference when I was in high school and that was really where I first started thinking about ministry for the first time, to be honest with you, I didn't really see a lot of women in ministry roles. And so I think even though I was in love with Jesus and loved serving in the leadership team with like my youth group and stuff, it wasn't something that I even considered vocationally because I just didn't even know. It wasn't that I thought women couldn't, I just had never thought about it. And then one summer um, saw a woman teaching a breakout session and was like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. <laughs> um, so that's where I really started thinking about ministry long term and then started looking at Bible colleges. And I remember my youth pastor at the time, and he totally intended this as a compliment. What I'm about to say is going to sound maybe weird now, but <laughs> he, I told him I was like thinking about youth ministry. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I really don't think you're going to marry into ministry. Like, I think you're going to be in ministry. And Mm -hmm. I think at the time, because that was my only context was women who were married to ministers or whatever, you know? And so, um, I was like, Oh, okay. Weird. It's kind of weird thing to say, but I knew what he meant now in hindsight. I'm like, I know he was trying to get me to think differently. So yeah, I ended up going to a Bible college really just because I wanted to study the Bible and didn't have a specific like lane, just was like, I love the church. I love Jesus. I love people. Um, And then throughout college did several different internships at different places in youth ministry, some in nonprofit world. And then my senior year of college did a resident, a full-time like year long residency in North Carolina in youth ministry. And that's where Mm -hmm. I really fell in love with youth ministry. Fast forward did youth ministry right out of college back in Indianapolis. And then when I got pregnant, um, 
I think that's when I really started being like, wait, like, can I be a mom and a youth pastor? Like, again, I just never seen it. Like, I think I just lacked the imagination mm-hmm. for it. And, um, so long story short, I ended up taking some time off. Um, we started going to a new church here and then I joined their marketing and communications team as a writer, which felt more like a mom job, I think. And then several years into that, I was just like, I'm, I love this, but I'm not over youth ministry. And mm-hmm. I think I can figure out how to do this and be a mom, but I just had never known anyone in my own personal life mm-hmm. to go down that road. So I think I just kind of in a weird way, like partnered with God and was like, you're going to have to just give me the imagination for what this looks like to be a mom youth pastor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's where I'm at now. I've been in youth ministry at Traders Point, which is where I'm currently at for three years, but I've been at Traders Point for eight years, um, served in so many different roles there, have like six <laughs> name tags in my desk. Um, but yeah, I've been the student groups minister and then now I'm the lead youth minister there leading our whole team. So, yeah, that's great. Well, and I'm sure that your story has got to be healing for some women who are listening right now, because that's probably one of the most talked about topics in the women in youth ministry Facebook group is how do I reconcile being a mom, but also being a youth worker? Do I have to sacrifice some of the things that come with youth ministry that I really, really love in order to have Mm -hmm. a family? And, Mm -hmm. and sometimes for some people, yeah, there might be some sacrifices, but then other women will say, you actually don't have to sacrifice anything. You can, you can, you can balance all of this. You gotta set up some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta lean into where you feel like God is calling you. So mm-hmm. that's really, mm-hmm. really cool. And yeah. go ahead. I was just gonna say, it wasn't that weird what your youth pastor said to you. Cause I've long said that when I was in Bible college, I was the only person who wanted to be a youth pastor and not marry one. So I totally understand where he was coming from. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's not like I would have like declined marrying one, I guess, but yeah. I just was like, wait, what, <laughs> you know? Um, and then when, even in the college that I went to women being in actual ministry paths was really rare. Yeah. Um, a lot of women were there, you know, and no shade to anybody. I think it just was not part of the culture. And so Mm -hmm. even that was like fish out of water type of experience where I wasn't again, trying to like make a statement by being there. I just really Mm -hmm. wanted to be in ministry. Right. And then I would, I feel like I kind of would always like, it's kind of like I would go to a playground and then find out I wasn't supposed to be on that playground, mm-hmm. you know? And I was yep. kind of like, can somebody just tell me which playground to go to? <laughs> I don't really yep. care. I just would like, cause I would, you know, sign up for a preaching class. And then it's like, oh, women can't take this class. Oh, okay. What? Um, and then I, <laughs> you know, was a youth ministry major and it's like, well, you probably shouldn't do that. Cause you're probably not going to get a job. Okay. You know? So mm-hmm. I think it took me a really long time to be confident in my own skin enough to, just be like, you know what? I don't have a big agenda trying to be on youth ministry. I just really love students and I really love Jesus and I really love the church and whatever anybody else's ish is like, I'm not going to wear that. You know what I'm saying? But I think it can really mess with you in your beginning years to have people question you everywhere you go, just by showing up in your own skin. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that can really And then especially when you become a mom and if you're in any type of church context that favors stay-at-home motherhood over any type of motherhood, that can mess with you even more. And so I think that was definitely my experience was 
it wasn't that people were ill-intended. It just, I think, yeah, messed with my own brain of like, what is God actually calling me to? And so I do, it sounds weird to include that, but like part of my call story really is being confident in my own calling in God and not taking on other people's prescriptions of what being a woman following Jesus needed to look like. Yeah. It's not weird at all. It makes a lot of sense. And I know that I really resonate with that. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. So today you are going to talk about what does it look like to be kingdom-minded as youth pastors rather than success-minded. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear just from a high-level view, what do those two terms mean? Mm -hmm. And maybe can you give some examples of what it would look like to be kingdom-minded versus success-minded? Yeah. So I think, you know, there's nothing I want to say quickly too. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with having goals or Mm -hmm. achievement. And I think a lot of women can experience a lot of shame around that. So I want to be really careful that that's not what I'm saying when Mm -hmm. I say what I'm about to say. But I also think that um, leadership culture and, you know, move up the ladder culture gets into the church. And I've experienced this in both a small church context and a large church context. So this isn't about one or the other, but I do think that for youth ministers specifically, this can be toxic to our youth ministries because we, I've seen a lot of youth workers over the years get into a role and within one to two years, start thinking about what's next for them. Mm-hmm. Of like, what role am I going to be in next? Like almost like there's an expiration date on youth ministry. Now, that doesn't mean that for some people, being a campus pastor next or being a discipleship minister for adults next is the wrong thing. However, I don't think it's the thing for everyone. I think there there are a lot of people that could genuinely be in youth ministry until they're 75, you know, Um, if they ask themselves, what? what do I really love? Like, what am I really good at? What gifts do I bring to the kingdom of God? What unique lens do I bring to our church instead of like, Oh man, like what's next for me? Like, how do I climb the ladder here? Um, and so I think for me, when you asked about, you know, like, what is your like soapbox recently, it has been what has God called you to? And can you get your eyes off of what you think should be next for you in terms of achievement or success and like dig your roots in deep to your own role in your own community? And that's not just true for our team, but also like other youth workers that I get to talk to in other places where I think that success culture, achievement culture just gets in our bones. And again, I think there's good things behind that that aren't necessarily bad, but the bad parts of it, I think, take our eyes off of what God has in front of us. And so for me, I would just say, yeah, being kingdom minded is leadership that looks more like Jesus (laughs) Um, and death to self. And, um, you know, I think of the passage in Jeremiah of like, let's dig your roots deep and stay in this community and be here. And that doesn't mean, again, that God won't eventually call you elsewhere. Maybe he will. But some of the best youth pastors I know um, have been in their churches for 20 years, you know, and the person that I got to follow before I came to Trader's Point, he's been now been at that church for 20 years as a youth pastor. And because of that, like he is 
the person in the community that people call when tragedy happens. Mm-hmm. You know, like when a teenager dies, everybody knows who to call. When a family gets sick, everyone knows he's going to be there for them. Mm-hmm. And I think there's been some loss of that, like community pastor vibe mm-hmm. <laughs> in the last decade or so, or at least as long as I've been in ministry. And I think this is maybe also more prevalent in larger churches, Mm -hmm. but again, I've seen it in smaller contexts too, but where you're always thinking about, okay, what's the next thing for me? Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. I know for me, I, when I was initially called to ministry and, and I've shared this on the podcast before, but I assumed, or I thought that calling looked like God would call me to a place and I'd kind of put in my time there. Mm -hmm. And as soon as, to be honest, as soon as things got hard, that was God calling me somewhere else. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I assumed Mm -hmm. that's how ministry would, would work. And Mm -hmm. I found myself here at St. Luke's and I went through a really hard season and I considered leaving. I went through, went to therapy so that I could really kind of figure out like, what was God calling me to? And I felt like God was calling me to stay. And I asked myself like, well, then what does that actually mean? And when I got on the other side of that particular situation, I realized that uh, longevity, uh, I I realized how important longevity was and Mm -hmm. realized that at my particular church, we have not had a lot of longevity outside of maybe the head director position. But even then, only seven or eight years max for the head director. Mm -hmm. And then imagine the associate directors every 18 months to two years, Mm -hmm. constantly finding new people. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that I've been here, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, I was going to say, which has deep implications for students' ability to attach. Yes. So, you know, we probably know a lot because we're in youth ministry about attachment theory. And yet somehow as youth workers, we don't apply that to our own ministries, (laughs) you know, like we think it's really important for volunteers to be consistent and for them to have longevity and for group leaders to, you know, play the long game. And then somehow that doesn't apply to actual vocational youth ministers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like every two years, I mean, if a small group had a new small group leader every two years, you'd be like, well, that's going to be an unhealthy small group. Right. Yet somehow we think that ministries can do great with no longevity. Mm, preach. It's crazy. It's yeah. like, that's not, that's not going to work. Yeah. So. I mean, when we recruit small group leaders, we pitch the vision to them, right. Of being with their small group for four years, maybe even eight years, if they're starting out in fifth grade and, mm-hmm. and then you look at your youth ministry staff and you're like, well, they, they keep rotating out. You know, I've been here seven years. I've been here as long as my predecessor has. Um, and, and I think I'm getting close to the person before him. I, and it's crazy because in some ways I feel like I just got here. I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm still learning oh, for and sure. taking in culture. And then I think about how I've been here. I'm, I've almost been here longer than anyone has. And I'm like, that's so, so sad. Right. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. in some ways I'm just getting started, mm-hmm. um, it, with yeah. some of the things you're talking about of, of really being, um, a person that families trust because mm-hmm. they've had trust issues before. I mean, I remember I was here for three or four years and a high schooler said to me, so when is your internship over? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, so you've been here a while now, you know? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, in the same, you know, we've had similar, and again, some of it has been natural, and some of it I would say has been, you know, just, yeah, like a lack of longevity and consistency. And again, I don't want to, like, I mean, I walked away from youth ministry and went into a different role. Now that was unique to my life season and being a mom and kind of trying to figure out how to be a mom in youth ministry and stuff. But then some of it too, I did, there was a season where I wondered, like when I wanted to go back into youth ministry, I was in my thirties and I was like, I'm still in my thirties, but I was like, am I too old now? You know, like I, I had that in me too, of wondering, I guess my time over. Um, and my mentor at the time, he was older. So I think he was kind of offended by my question, <laughs> but, um, also he was like, you know, there's this myth that the younger you are, like the better youth minister you are, but it's the opposite. Right. Um, the older, the more experience you have, mm-hmm. the better you are at being able to, you know, not, you're not trying to be cool for teenagers anymore. You know, you're not trying to be weirdly relatable in ways that you're Mm -hmm. just not like, you know, who you are and you know, that like pouring into adult leaders is going to pay off so much more because they can reach more students than you ever can. You know, I think that you just get more comfortable in your own skin, the longer you're there, but so many youth ministers never get to experience that because they leave too soon. And, and I know there's all kinds of reasons why people leave outside of their own success. So I'm not saying that if someone needs to leave a toxic situation, they should just stay. I'm not saying that, but you know, kingdom minded leadership to me, and I even hesitate to use the word leadership because it's really followership is looking more and more to Jesus for how we lead people, um, that he laid down his life for people. Um, not to be power over them, but power to people with people and power within. And um, yeah, I just am nervous sometimes that youth ministers are falling into a trap of, I need to do the next best thing too soon. And it's damaging teenagers. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Maybe give an example of that, you know, because we've talked about longevity. Let's talk about mm-hmm. this relationship with power that youth workers sometimes have. Do you mm-hmm. have an example of what it might look like for a youth worker to get kind of trapped in this like power struggle mm-hmm. and what it would look like to be more kingdom minded rather than success minded in that situation? Yeah. Well, and this isn't unique to me. Um, but really comes from an idea that Lisa Benaclason talks about of the four different power postures that people can have. And this is really a Christian idea, but there's a power over, right? So I'm going to be powerful over all these people, power with, like, I'm going to sync up with people and be, you know, experience power with people, power to people. I'm going to give power away. I'm going to delegate. I'm going to empower them as much as possible. And then power within Mm -hmm. if I experience like the Holy spirit's power within. Um, I think the last three are ways that I see Jesus being (laughs) way more than the first one of power over, even though he could have, because he had a all power. He was God. He never lost power even in his death. However, so often in his ministry, we see him giving power away to other people. Um, 
empowering other people around him. And so specifically with youth ministers, I see, especially maybe insecure youth ministers thinking that they have to be the one in power. Like they've got to be the one on stage, right? Mm -hmm. Like they have to be the one to preach the message. They have to be the one that kids look to for all the answers in life instead of not just pointing students back to Jesus, but also pointing students to other people than Mm -hmm. themselves or giving away even that pulpit time of like giving away, even like empowering somebody else to teach lessons, empowering students to be the ones to teach lessons, empowering other adult leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also think it just shows up in the way that we interact with students, right? It's like, what posture do we take? Do we take the posture of like, I'm the adult, I've been following Jesus forever, I know everything, Um, which, you know, I mean, in COVID especially, like right when COVID happened, I can't even tell you the amount of times we would start our conversations with our leaders of like, hey, please remember this week that our teenagers have been through things that we haven't even experienced. Mm -hmm. And so no matter how painful this week was for you, none of us have been a teenager in COVID. Please lead with empathy. Mm. Like, please lead with the assumption that their lives are really hard too. Not like, oh, you guys and your silly little, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah, think adults, can, I mean, adults can so quickly, myself included, switch into the mode of like, oh, their breakup problem is no big deal in light of my job loss. Well, right. is that maybe true in the grand scheme of things? Sure, but also- I mean, I've never experienced a breakup in COVID where I couldn't even leave my house and say goodbye to somebody, Mm. you know, like that's a very real thing for a teenager. Um, And so that might sound like a minute example, but I think when you are focused on empowering other people, building empathy with other people and leading alongside other people, you are much quicker to check yourself when you've got kind of like a power up stance. Does that make sense of like, I need to come in and like, you know, blaze the trail or whatever, and like, make sure everybody's on my page and blah, 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 blah. And I think especially because we've been in a year of crisis, we've all felt that insecurity Mm -hmm. where I'm sure at times we've all felt the need to be power over, but Mm -hmm. it's just never the way I see Jesus leading people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know. um, Wow. Like, I, I literally just posted on Facebook this morning how much I miss preaching to students, right? Like it's something mm-hmm. I haven't done in a year. I just, I'm, mm-hmm. I miss mm-hmm. it so much. Mm-hmm. And it's always been one of my favorite things. But a few years ago, I started thinking about how, yes, growing up, I did not see anyone like me on stage, mm-hmm. but we have kids who've never seen anyone like them on stage. And so mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I'm sharing the stage with others. Mm-hmm. And we've had so many just amazing guest teachers since, and I've been able to train teenagers to preach to their peers as well. Mm, And mm -hmm. as good as it is for me to give like a really bomb sermon, it's so much better to watch a teenager preach. And that Mm -hmm. has been so good um, for me. And because I am a success-driven human in general, that to me is the best measurement of success for me to watch a teenager mm-hmm. lead, you know, because it is, yeah. it is kingdom minded. Um, mm-hmm. but it makes me feel like, yes, like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for the kingdom mm-hmm. in ministry to watch a kid lead in that way. Um, which has been just really, really good. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that is 
that is what I, that's exactly, that's a great example of like kingdom minded over success minded. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure it'd be a lot more fun and a lot easier, frankly, for you (laughs) to just be the one to get up on a Sunday and continue. But then that ends with you. Yeah. You know, but the kingdom is about multiplication and empowering other people to do the work of ministry. Mm -hmm. And so, and that includes teenagers, you know, like how many prophets were beneath the age of 18? quite a few. And so like, why do we think they have to be 24 before they start doing ministry? I mean, all the study shows, I know I don't need to share this with anybody. We all know this, that the more ministry teenagers can actually do, the more serving they can actually do when they are teenagers, the likelier that their faith will stay with them as adults. So that's awesome. I love that. And that's a way more tangible example than I probably gave, but I think it's, <laughs> think so. it's so, but it's just, again, it takes some, like some muscle building. If you've been in a mode of trying to be the one, mm-hmm. um, but over time, then I think you do get so much more joy from watching other people flourish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So like control. Same. Yep. So control <laughs> is like, we love control, man. Like we mm-hmm. just, but uh, the, the healthiest eights are ones who can give that control away, right. Mm -hmm, Who can mm -hmm. empower others and coach others. And that has been, it has really made me a healthier human and a healthier leader and a, and Mm -hmm. a, and a much more happy one too, Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. really watch kids. And I will also say that since we started doing this, we've had kids say that they want to go into ministry. Whereas before, I mean, students didn't consider that as a possibility. They didn't think of that as a reality. And now Mm -hmm. we have kids all the time saying that they want to go into ministry, Mm -hmm. Um, which again is like, like we're actually building kids to be kingdom leaders. It's, I mean, Mm. it's, uh, it's amazing. Mm, That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Do you have any other like markers of a kingdom minded over success minded ministry? We've talked about longevity. We've talked about giving your power away. We talked about Mm -hmm. um, humility and um, uh, really making sure that we're connecting with our students and our leaders. Mm -hmm. Are there any other markers of a kingdom minded ministry? I would say, and this is going to maybe sound spicy, but do your students talk about you more than they talk about Jesus? Right. Um, Like in a conversation with what they learned or what has been, you know, life-changing for them recently, do they say their own, do, do they say your name? about what's changing them more than they talk about Jesus. But that doesn't mean that they don't learn about Jesus through you. Cause mm-hmm. I know that can be kind of concrete or hard to be concrete, but um, again, I would, I think it's a real red flag. For, it should be a real red flag for us when our students are talking about us or other people. And I would say that's true church-wide, not just in youth ministry, but since youth ministry is what, you know, I do. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that that is like taking the focus off yourself and that sounds obvious, but somehow it's not in youth ministry or any ministry. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I think too, like I, I would just pay attention, I guess, to what people celebrate. Um, You know, people are celebrating human success over like what God is doing. Mm. that to me is what I pay attention to. Like, what are we celebrating right now? Are we celebrating 
that great sermon that I gave, or are we celebrating the human life that was changed and how God moved in that person, mm. you know? Um, and again, those are abstract things, but I, I do think that I, I just see a lot of even youth pastors, I think insecurity leading them to want to be the thing that is celebrated over God's work in there in that student's life mm. because, and okay, so this is a side trail, so you can cut any of this out. I'm sorry, but <laughs> when I was in, there's a bigger thing here. So when I was in counseling, like when I first went to counseling in my twenties, when I left youth ministry for a second, um, I realized with my counselor, oh, wow, I have a lot of codependency issues, <laughs> lots. And my counselor worked with a lot of people in ministry and she's like, yeah. So as it turns out, most pastors do. Mm-hmm. And just went on a deep dive of realizing how often my codependency habits of needing to help and fix other people Mm. were my primary mode of ministering to people instead of pointing them toward Jesus and not back to myself. Mm. And so that's a windy way for me to get there. But I, I do think some self-evaluation of making sure that you don't need something from students. You don't need their validation. You don't need them will lead you to lead them toward Jesus more than you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, kind of on that first note of making sure that they don't talk about you. I, I knew that one of the markers that I was actually succeeding in ministry was on confirmation Sunday. It was no longer myself receiving a bunch of gifts from students, but their small group leaders receiving mm-hmm, all the gifts and cards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I knew that that was like, like, yes, like, it's not about me. It's about the relationships they've built with their small group leader. Like that was, that was so good to see. Um, Mm -hmm. but even beyond the people who lead them and talking about like making sure they celebrate God and the work that God is doing, we took from our youth works trips, the tradition of doing yay gods at the end Mm -hmm. of like our uh, middle school mayhem, which is our day camp for middle schoolers. And we would do yay gods at the end of the day. And we also do them on our mission trips. So this is kind of a part of our culture now. And Mm -hmm. I always have to remind kids to make sure that their yay gods are not about what people in the group did. We also do shout outs. So we can Mm -hmm. shout out people in the group, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but we want to really push them to see God in their day, which is Mm -hmm. a little bit hard in kind of our post-Christian culture. And we, my church is progressive and, um, the kids don't always have those conversations in their mm-hmm. homes. And so mm-hmm. we're trying to push that, you know, here at church. And um, so I think that is like a way that we're trying to help kids um, mm-hmm. think more about where they see God in their day and not like uh, just, well, you know, Anne bought me candy at the gas station. <laughs> right. <And> so <laughs> yay God, which is like, oh, God real bought me candy. <laughs> just like a real thing middle schoolers do and I'm like okay and where was God in that well God gave her money (laughs) no Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but that's like one way we're trying to be more like God centered in the way that we talk about like church and church experiences Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. no that's awesome and it's so tangible um and concrete like yay God stories okay let's think about the ways that God has been at work you know because I think a lot of times there's this myth for teenagers or it seems mystical to think about Mm -hmm. how Jesus is working or how God's working in your life and so then they naturally understandably so point to people who have meant something to them so yeah that's great 
Well, is there anything else that you wanted to say about this kingdom minded over success minded before we get to kind of our wrap up question? No, I don't. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I would encourage people is that, you know, if even if where you're at right now doesn't seem like where you thought you'd be, Hmm. that that doesn't mean that you don't have a place in the kingdom. Hmm. Um, And I feel led to say that mostly knowing that there's a lot of women probably here. Um, I think our resumes can look windier. Um, and so sometimes that will take our, we'll take ourselves out of ministry because we don't have a title anymore, or we don't have the job we thought we'd have. And I would just encourage people, the kingdom is wide and expansive and wild and bigger than our imaginations. And it doesn't have to look like you always thought it would to be kingdom work. Mm, I love that. And I think that I would encourage anyone who is struggling with that to really listen to some of our episodes because we have a lot of women who are guests on the podcast who will say, what I'm doing right now may not be youth ministry, but it's Mm -hmm. ministry and Mm -hmm. here's the way that looks. And I've been really Mm -hmm. encouraged by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do find, yeah, I think women find themselves in all kinds of roles for all kinds of reasons that then they take themselves out of the game too quickly. And I would just encourage people to not do that. Yeah. I would really recommend uh, for those listening to make sure to listen to Mindy Moore's podcast. Cause because yes, she, I listened to that. I yes. loved her. I loved her explanation behind that. And I, yes, a hundred percent agree. And Mindy's <laughs> a friend of yours, which is fun too. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. 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 So she talks a lot about how she went part-time when she had her second child and the wrestling that she had with that and kind mm-hmm. of her journey back to being full-time and then saying yes to becoming an ordained deacon. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just really, really good. Mm-hmm. So we are the women in youth ministry podcast. Uh, what kind of special word or piece of encouragement or advice do you have to the women listening? It can be totally unrelated or related to what we've been talking about so far. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's probably women from all different kinds of church denominations and backgrounds that, you know, are part of this community. And so, you know, I think for women in a context similar to mine, um, or really any church experience, honestly, I just want to look in the eyes of women so often, sorry, and say, please don't give up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like, while the things that might be hard for us or aggravating or frustrating, we are working to build a healthier um, church for 20 years from now, a healthier picture of what the kingdom of God really looks like on earth. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that that's not going to be without struggle on this side of eternity, because we are human and we work with humans Um, but I just, I've seen some women give up in the last year or so that has been really heartbreaking. And so if that's you, I just want to look in your eyes and say, like, please don't give up. Um, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that if you're in a bad situation, you have to stay, but that also doesn't mean that then you're out of ministry in some form or fashion forever. So yeah, sorry for being a mosh, but it's just, yeah, I've, I've seen a few really incredible women walk away from ministry this year and I understand why I just want to tell women to not give up. Mm, That's beautiful. That's really great. Anne. 
where can people find you on uh, the World Wide Web? You got yeah. social media or yep. a website? I have a very inactive TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I love TikTok. Listen, people I are hate on TikTok, but they don't know what they're missing. Um, Anne M. Wilson, A-N-N-E. Um, M. Wilson, almost everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of random stuff with a lot of random people. So honestly, I don't really have a central hub for all that. I'm not organized enough. So that would be the best place. Great. Well, we'll make sure to link to your social media. And I just want to thank you so much for being on this week's episode. Um, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate us five stars and follow us on Insta or Twitter at Women in YM. If you are a woman, we'd love to have you in our Facebook community. Go to womeninyouthministry.com to learn more. To listen to more podcasts from the Youth Cartel Podcast Network, go to the youthcartel.com slash podcast dash network.